0: This is a Heart and Hand production.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. I am Cammy Bell, I'm pleased to be with you in one of our rare Heart and Hand Extra shows because we're obviously always so busy in a Thursday, what uh, with you know, being top of our Europa League group. Um, joining me to talk about uh, the Aberdeen game last night and also the upcoming League Cup final, I forget who we're playing. Um, is the ever wonderful from the Patreon network show Blue uh, Blue Scarf on Caroline Morrison? Hi,
0: Cami. Thanks very much. Glad to be here.
1: And I've got beauties. So I need the beast, and that is uh, Pod Guru for Tactics, Mr. Adam Thornton. Adam, how
2: are you? I am fantastic. What a fantastic intro. Pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, right, guys. Let's sum it up. We're angry and we're pissed off. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I was hoping that I'd have kind of calmed down and maybe uh, relaxed a little bit about last night's result. But no, I can't say I have yet, to be honest.
1: Okay, well, listen, let's jump straight into it. Rangers um, went up to Pitodre in uh, one of the December fixture games that we seem to be playing every three hours. We've got a new game that we have to play across the course of this month. Uh, With a midweek trip to Pitodre. that's always fun. Uh, And just to make the night extra special, um, we were treated with the lineup to say that John Flanagan had replaced the Borna Barisic at the left back position, Um, due to Barisic has been receiving some um, painkiller injections recently. Uh, He couldn't make this game. I think the manager had one eye on the on the final on Sunday. Um, Adam, I'll come to you. Obviously, your 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 man plays at the alternate slot at right back. Uh, did you have a little bit of an kind
2: of eyebrow raise at uh, uh, uh,
1: Flanagan's inclusion?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess so. But if we're deeming the, the League Cup final more important than one specific league fixture, then I would agree that Barisic should be rested for that game. And I guess the manager felt he wanted to go with uh, Flanagan over Halliday. Uh, for me, it kind of knocked the balance of the team a little bit. Um he had to play Jack, or, or for some reason he played Jack on the left side of central midfield, which I don't think he's ever done before. So that was two right-footers over on that side, just making things a little bit different difficult. You do need to caveat that with the first half hour or so. It didn't look like an issue at all. Therefore, I'm not sure it's uh, in any way to blame for the, the latter hour. But yeah, eyebrow raised, and hopefully it sounded like from the managers pre-match that uh, Barisic was just being rested to ensure he was fit for games coming up rather than it being something that was specifically ruling him out for a period of time. But I guess we'll, we'll find out more when the press conferences come out. So um, we we enter into Petaudry,
1: which um, is half empty, which is odd because Aberdeen only tend to really have four games a season. Um, they have already played our uh, league competitors um and were completely humiliated. Um, I think the performance was one of the worst under Derek McInnes, and that's certainly saying something. However, last night, Caroline, um, they came out, and it was quite clear from the kickoff. one team was there to play football, one team was there to stop the other team from playing football by being as physical as they possibly can. Uh, Cosgrove uh, got away with quite a few early doors. Um, Ryan Kent got a couple like, in early nibbles. Shea Logan then took down Joe Avibo down in the corner and received a card for it. Was very late. Was was you know quite clear what Aberdeen's intent was going to be. Um, we're going to come back to John Beaton. I think in terms of a, a more holistic performance because obviously there's a major incident later on in the game, which we'll we'll discuss more in detail. But Caroline, this is the this is the epitome of a team that just wants to come and try and outmatch you physically because they know they can't do it from a quality perspective.
0: Yeah absolutely it's kind of the the best tool in their armour and Cosgrove in particular as you mentioned they're um, almost Scott Brown-esque and that he seems to be absolutely unable to be sent off. Um, So yeah frustrating to watch but it's not unexpected and we as a team, would have known that's what we would have been up against. And um, midweek, I think it was Cosgrove had said, Do you know, cards on the table. Um, they have tactics like that, and tactics to frustrate and try and, um, in Morelos's case, try and antagonise them. Um, that's that's the best that they've got when they come up against um, a footballing team like ourselves. And yeah, it's frustrating we didn't have a bit more protection. Um, Cosgrove in particular shouldn't have been on the pitch uh, at the full-time whistle so I don't think it it um, changed materially the game because you know it was within our gift but frustrating nonetheless especially when we've got uh, a December that we've spoken about that's jam-packed we really do need to try and stay injury free but uh, it's difficult when you're up against a team like that
1: So I think uh, what was clear as well and what I was particularly proud of um, was, despite that quite clear provocation, our players, Morelos included, didn't rise to it. Um, The game, as I say, started very well. We set us all out early doors, as the cliche goes, in terms of um, the fact that we were looking to play some expansive football. We'd had a couple of opportunities. Um, And then on the 18th minute, Joe Aribo uh, nips in ahead of the Aberdeen player, showing some good commitment to the ball. Um, and was comfortable to stand up physically. Uh, penetrates through the, the Aberdeen half. Plays a lovely slide rule ball into to James Tavernier. Tavernier plays a lovely, just perfect ground pass cross into the, the onrushing Arfield, who just uh, provides the angle to take it past Lewis and goals. Adam, both of these players involved in, in, in that build-up have come under a lot of scrutiny. Um personally speaking, I'm in- incredibly pleased for Arfield because I know that he has not been playing well. Tavernier, I think, has been getting a lot of criticism, although I think he has been producing. Um, it was great to see from that perspective these uh, players linking up to be able to create the opener.
2: It was, and it's good to see Aribo getting getting stuck in, which is something he's been uh, I think it's something we overvalue, obviously, given the, the physicality of the league, but it's good to see him putting his foot in and winning that ball. Uh, and feeding it to Tavernier, who yeah, you're right, plays a nice cutback, and it's a it's a decent swept finish by Arfield. I think the three of them um, have come in for varying degrees of criticism over the over the season, and, and rightly so. So it's good to see them all doing what they do best, if you like. And, and Arabo starting to produce something that we maybe wouldn't have thought of them. Um, I thought the Arabo selection was strange, certainly that position that he played, given that we we didn't have any natural. Um, Left-sided players, I I found it weird that our only left-footed player played on the right-hand side. I've seen varying reports of people saying it worked well, to it it didn't work at all. I'm I'm probably where on the latter. I thought he did very, very well for that chance, much as he did in the the game at the weekend. And and he set up um, Kent's goal on that one. But overall, I think that doesn't really work for me. I think we need to um, look at his, not look at his contribution, but look at where we're playing him. Um, and whether we're really getting the best out of him by moving him about these positions, if we can try and find a home for him, um, I think he will blossom. But certainly in that uh, in that move, he, he does fantastically well.
1: Caroline, for Scott Arfield, you saw any celebration after uh, getting the goal. I, I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, obviously the the rest of the game we will we'll discuss, but I'm hoping that that's going to lift a bit of kind of weight that he's been carrying in his shoulders in terms of what he's been contributing and what he's been able to deliver to the team because he's been off the boil let's be honest.
0: He has yeah and I think up until we kind of got a little bit of confirmation that he has had some off-field issues you know a lot of speculation was around whether or not his uh, long distance travelling for international duty might be playing a, a part in um, you know his his form for, for club but you're quite right I hope that He's beginning to turn a little bit of a corner here and what better way to start that than you know by getting the, the first goal uh, last night, albeit it didn't obviously end uh, in the way that we wanted. But yeah, it's, it's got to be the stepping stone now for him to get back up to where he was, which is one of our more influential players. Um, Gerrard talks about his kind of leaders on the pitch and his kind of key men. Our field is absolutely one of those probably three or four players when he's on it, so um, yeah, I hope this is the, the turning
1: point Rangers continued to press and play some, some decent football Aberdeen were, were completely brotherless at this stage um, another great piece of play Adam you'll enjoy this because it's a good piece of counterproductive football and, and, and we're on the attack from our own half Ryan Kent picks up the ball it goes via Ryan Jack then back to Morelos who drops it off to Kent as he he's comes forward about 40 yards into the Aberdeen half again Plays a nice through ball to, to Morelos, who then has a shot at goal, which Lewis, um, probably uncharacteristically for me, can only palm towards his right-hand side. But Ryan Jack has continued his movement into the box, falls perfectly for him. Jack, for me, I, I think, was was probably not starting the game as well as some of the other players. Was coming into a bit of a criticism. I don't know if Petaudry's maybe a little bit of a hoodoo ground for him, given he's, he's passed there. Um, but similar to Arfield, as soon as the, the ball goes in, he's off and running with a celebration. Um, this was some lovely, lovely football, Adam. Things that we're capable of doing. Um, but again, like you say, hitting on the counter and being able to, to break so fast and play clever, incisive football. Uh, you love to see it.
2: Yeah, absolutely do. It was, it was brilliant. Um, I think it was five five one one-touch passes. Uh, lovely little flick from Morelos. Um, good ball through again for Kent to Morelos. And then you're right, Lewis probably uncharacteristically spills that. But the thing I love the most about it is Jack starts it, like you say, in the centre circle, and then he carries his run on. Um, we talked quite a bit last season about players coming in at the back post or midfielders breaking to support. That's exactly what we want from him. Um, he didn't have the best of games i don't think anybody did the, the booze that he gets are i don't know whether they should affect him but it, it seems like they are um at, at that stadium um we could i guess that's a, a wider debate however in that particular instant in that particular isolated moment that's exactly what you want from one of your box to box midfielders when the ball start the move get up there break ahead and, and finish it it was uh, it was excellent to see
1: Well, if you love to see it, you will not enjoy what happened only uh, less than 10 minutes later, which was, um, I don't know if you could call it Keystone Cops. I don't know if you watch it back with the Benny Hill theme music playing in your head. Rangers defence decided that rather than being as watertight as they have been previously, even with the inclusion of um, Flanagan, uh, uh, probably a, a, a last minute decision, Turned into just a complete farce as Aberdeen were able to come through uh, a crowd of players who hesitated. And Philip Hellander is probably the, the, the one I will label this most at um, to be able to create a tackle to stop the flow of football. The ball comes across the front edge of the goal in the box. Um, we're about 12 yards out from goal, running across the face of goal as Flanagan then hits it. McGregor's too slow to get to it. Um, as Gallagher then is able to to prod it past him. I'll begrudgingly admit it's a lovely finish as he hits it on the angle. It comes off Tavernier's chest on its way towards goal and also hits Holander, looking to be able to try and stop it. Um, We'll talk a lot around uh, incidents and uh, various other different things that will be part of the reason as to why we didn't. Uh, come away from uh, Pataudra with three points last night Adam but it's, this is inexcusable in terms of what we're probably having the audacity to call some attempt at a defence at that goal last night, that was amateur at best
2: I, I don't even know who's who's to blame, there's a lot um, to be honest I would probably side with you and say Hellander had two opportunities to tackle um, we what I've just spoken about guys like Flanagan and Jack who don't seem to be comfortable on their weaker side, which is obviously their left. Hellander doesn't seem to be comfortable on his either, which is his right. There was a couple of phases in that where he could just stick a right foot out and and clear it away, and he's trying to change his body angle to get it on his left foot and make a tackle. Um, It it wasn't great. The danger needs to be closed down. We've seen this in the the Finer game as well. Sometimes you just need to take a card and take the free kick and, and regroup if there's panic stations, just chop them down and, and start again. Um, nobody's going to be annoyed if, if you do that in those situations. When it gets through to the guy, you've got Tab on the line who, positioning-wise, it comes at an angle where he's trying not to hit it with his arm and he ends up moving himself too far. It hits off Hellander as well, who careers into the net. It is keystone cops, like you said. Um, that's the... Certainly the Hamilton one, reminiscent of that two weeks ago. Um, I think the defence or or defensive players could have done a lot better for one, if not both, of the final goals as well. So there's a little bit of a theme there. That's four or five sloppy goals in the last three or four games that we really need to start tightening that up because we're doing well middle to front. We're scoring a, a decent number of goals, but we can't be giving teams one and two goals per game. It's just not going to happen.
1: Adam, do you think that, and I'll come on to Caroline just as we're going to talk about the start of the second half, but just as we're we're finishing um, the end of that half, do you believe that that, uh, conceding that goal five minutes before halftime proved to be cataclysmic in terms of the planned halftime team talk at 2-0 versus what you're about to deliver at 2-1?
2: I don't think it should affect the team talk. I think the manager should should know and he should reset the reset the team, remind them that at that point they were well ahead in the game. They absolutely dominated possession. Um, there was one moment, really, in the first half that was just what should have been put down as a brain fart. I don't know what went on in the in the dressing room at half-time, but I'd be surprised if that happened and the players didn't take it on. So it's, it's an interesting one. But I think... That is a silly, silly mistake to make, and possibly we got complacent, possibly one eye on the the final that we'll come on to later on. A few of them already planning what they're uh, planning for that game. I don't know, but coming back out after half time and pretty much performing in the same way as you did in that isolated instant is slightly worrying for me. Well, Caroline, we
1: come out at the beginning of the second half. I think it's probably clear that irrespective of whatever the planned and actual delivered team talks were going to be, it's fairly clear that Aberdeen's was, would we'll go back out and keep the press on the go because you, you started it towards the tail end of the first half. Um, as we started the beginning of the game well, Aberdeen started the beginning of the second half well um, and certainly far better than ourselves um, and only a few minutes into the beginning of the second half, there's a cross that comes into the box, which is not dealt with. The ball falls to Cosgrove, which Helander is able to, to put a block into, but somewhat ironically, as he puts the block in, he takes the direction and the um, pace out of the ball, and as soon as he does that, it falls perfectly, in a kind of looping bounce to Considine, who is able just to hit it in, and almost directly curve the jack goal. Um We've we've thrown away a two-goal lead um, and we're only about uh, three minutes into the start of the second half. Um, Caroline, this is a total capitulation for a team who probably about 20 minutes beforehand thought that they were on top and, as Adam says, has one eye in the final.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting it because we've seen on a few occasions this season um, the halftime team talk seems to kind of galvanise the team a little bit. And we, we tend to um, sometimes get our act together if we've been a wee bit kind of uh, slow or uh, stagnant in the first half. So I, I really wasn't expecting that. But as you quite rightly said, Aberdeen we're just simply far more up for it than we were at that point. Um, our defenders, again, not covering themselves in glory. Um, Cosgrove's you know, won the scrambles. He, he seemed to want it a bit more. And as you quite rightly said, It was a simple tapping in the end for for Considine. Just very disappointing. Um, But to be honest, at that point, despite going that um, second goal um, or conceding that second goal and and things going level, I did expect that we would see that bounce back and we would see um, the team kick into action at that point, which, uh, disappointingly, of course, we didn't in any way.
2: I think that's a bigger issue for me, Cami, as as Caroline said there's 43 minutes left to go in that second half and we're two each against a pretty terrible team that we have dominated. It's not as if it's a last-minute equaliser. There's nothing you can do about it. The the most annoying or frustrating thing for me is there's a full half to go um, and you struggle to think of many chances that we created after that. It was pretty insipid, which I think, um, again, possibly there's one eye on the final and if if there is, then that's inexcusable.
1: Well, one chance which certainly did come around uh, was an Alfredo Morelos chance, which uh, receiving the ball out on the left-hand side, he carries the ball into the uh, Aberdeen box. He then comes back on himself, and as he's heading towards the box, he's then fouled. The referee, John Beaton, is standing maybe about four or five feet away at the very most. Uh, Gives a free kick on the edge of the area. Now, watching this on TV last night, um, the the main camera angle for me suggested that it was probably just outside the box. When you look at it from the angle that Beaton was looking at it, which is far more side-on, it's quite clear it's at least in the box or at the very least on the line. And as a result of that, if it's on the line, then it's a penalty. Um, the manager came out after the game last night, and I'll just give you a wee quote in terms of what, what he, he said afterwards. It's 100% a penalty. I'm surprised it's not given as a referee. He's three yards away and looking right at it. He has um, seen it since and agrees that it's a blatant penalty he has missed. I have to be very careful what I say, obviously. I don't think there will be a more disappointed person outside of Rangers tonight than John. He has just explained to me that he got it wrong right in front of his eyes and there is no excuse. There is nothing more I can say It to be honest. Did he apologise? Yes, I went in to see him after the game. Caroline, um, what I want to do probably before I, I, I get your opinion on this, and I think that I can pretty much assume that we're all agreed, as are most of the Rangers support, unlike other certain rabid fans of other clubs, we are not blaming the referee for last night's victory turned into a draw. Um, we did it to ourselves. We were complacent. Uh, we weren't good enough. We took our foot off the gas. If we did have one eye on Sunday then okay, I understand that, but I don't excuse it. But that also doesn't allow us the opportunity to allow incompetent incompetent refereeing um, to dictate what happens in the league. Now, again, there's plenty of other things to happen. I'll be the first person to say it, that yes, if a penalty is awarded, uh, there's no guarantee that it gets scored. I do fancy our chances, obviously. Um, but this is inexcusable. The, the referee's position couldn't have been better.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. He had a, a perfect view on it. And admittedly, in, in real time, when I watched it, like you quite rightly said, on the TV angle, I didn't think it was inside the box. But of course, from, from seeing what Beaton saw, it, it's hard to imagine how he got that wrong. And you're right, I don't think overall, it's it's not in the context of winning the game. Massive because we should have had the game absolutely done and dusted, and we were in control and allowed Aberdeen back in, which is, is just unforgivable. Um, that said, you know what I would expect is that the standard of refereeing, where it could count uh, in other games, has to really uh, improve, and we can't, uh, when it comes to potentially points in the league, have this type of um, decision effect us negatively.
1: Adam, I want to come back to a point that Caroline mentioned earlier on and it's regarding the refereeing as well and that was a part of um, not just this standalone penalty decision in terms of what happened at that, that stage but also I think like most other people and certainly the, the opinions that I've read online etc and talking to various people, it was quite clear last night that the physical side from Aberdeen was obvious and excessive I have no idea personally how Cosgrove has stayed in that park, even after his booking he continued to foul Um, there are TV images of him arguing with Beaton Beaton has lost count because he actually tells him this is his third tackle and he said that in the previous tackle it was actually his fourth Um, the one benefit I will say of what came out last night is that we are lucky that we didn't get taken away with, with serious injuries out of last night now given the fact that players have left Petaudry in ambulances and fouls haven't even been given against the offending player albeit it was a different referee we're still at a stage now as well Stephen Davis got an absolute cracker last night and he very very seriously could have got um, a, a proper proper injury which would have been a cataclysmic blow for us uh, going forward beaten last night couldn't control that game is that fair to say
2: Yeah, possibly. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a striker get a warning that his next tackle is a yellow card and then get the same warning that his next tackle is a red card after seven or eight of them. So that's a new one for me. So I I agree on that point. Um, I don't think you're necessarily doing this, but um, blaming the referee... For Aberdeen being over physical, I don't think. I think that's a red herring. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I think that's a red herring. It wasn't an issue for us in the first half an hour. Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't be an issue in the last half an hour, last hour. I get that when we're not playing well, we want to make sure that we're at least getting parity in terms of decisions, etc. But we should have been out of sight um, long before Cosgrove was was even booked. To be honest, so. Yes, he lost control of the game. Yes, he's a poor referee. Yes, he now can't drink in any pub. Never mind just uh, Rangers pubs, which is probably disappointing for him. But like you said, <laughs> like you said, Cammy, we lost the two points. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't John Beaton as far as I'm concerned. Um, yes, the penalty would have been good, but as everybody has been tweeting and messaging me, Tavernier would just have missed it anyway. So does that really make a difference? <laughs>
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But then I think at the same point, we're not blaming the referee for uh, dropping um, two points last night. That was absolutely within our own power. Um, I just feel that there's definitely a point to be made here that just because a referee goes in and apologises for not giving a penalty and just because, as you say, a, a player who is excessively fouling gets a warning and then another warning and in another warning, and even after he's, he's cautioned, continues to do it. I think for me, it, it, it starts to feel like it's very easy to, to not give decisions for Rangers. Caroline, am I kind of a bit out in left field with that one?
0: No, I don't think so. And I think the context, particularly with beaten, is important because we know from last season's game where... You know Celtic fans and pundits were um up in arms that morelos hadn't been sent off. The backlash from that included kind of um death threats and arrests and you know there's no doubt that even subconsciously something like that doesn't play into the mind of of um a referee he'd He'd not be human if it didn't so yeah I, it's it's um it's not surprising.
1: Well, no, I, I think, like you say, it's um, disappointing. But um, if that's the the standard that we have to, to be officiated by, then, as I say, we're, we're, I'd hope that the club would like to consider about, you know, maybe a couple of statements around um, whether or not we get some improvement regarding refereeing standards. One thing which I do believe that the club should be talking about is um, TV images which came out uh, last night um, of a projectile being thrown at Rangers captain James Tavernier. Now, Adam, before you put like a hit squad together uh, and you know start tracking people down, mm-hmm. Aberdeen have now confirmed today that um, there has been various reports uh, across various different platforms that Tavernier was hit from, uh, or he was hit with a, a, a pie. He was hit with a bread roll. He Was hit with a banana. It seems to be the case that he was hit with some sort of projector, which I think Aberdeen have now confirmed was a pie. Um, it's it, it, if you watch it, the clip again on TV, what happens is he's taking a throw in at, at, the, at the near side as he plays the ball. Um, it then hits him on the back and it kind of hits you know, almost kind of lumbar region, if you like. He acknowledges it, he obviously feels it because he turns around and looks, nothing's done. Um James Tavernier, I don't personally believe that this is, this is directed solely and specifically at James Tavernier. I don't, I don't think it's a personal thing towards him. But this is another incident uh, where he's been targeted uh, for wearing a Rangers shot. Um, you'll both remember the time you know, at Easter Road when a fan actually ran on a park to be able to try and attack him. Um, we've had lighters, we've had flagpo- uh, flagpoles and eyes, etc., I don't mind, you know, the, the the fact that people can think that this is a joke, but what I would assume is going to happen next, Adam, is a we're going to be seeing pictures from CCTV of fans' faces, etc, as obviously everyone goes into meltdown regarding this.
2: Well, to be slightly light-hearted about it, first of all, it's a good job it wasn't an Ivox party, it'd probably be in a coma, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's, it's an issue, and I think it's probably magnified by the fact that obviously he takes pretty much fifty percent of our throw-ins, Therefore, he's always going to be closest to those fans. But you don't want to see. I don't care whether it's a, a pie or a paper cup or, or anything more serious. You don't really want to see that happen. You certainly don't want people coming on the park and trying to challenge him like they did against Hibs. And you're right. It should be. Um, it should be a banning offence. It's a banning offence if it's a bottle. It's a banning offence if it's. A favour, like it's a ban on offence to throw things at, at, at the the footballers on the pitch. So uh, I think we do need to see some action being taken by Aberdeen for it. There shouldn't be any reason they should be able to confirm who it was. Like you said, they'll have CCTV, they'll have images from from TV, etc. I would hope um, that they do ban whoever was involved, but I won't be holding my breath.
1: No, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. So no, um, overall not a good night at the office. Um, Adam made the point earlier on, Caroline, that it could be possible and, and, and you know understandable to a certain extent that when you're 2-0 up and uh, playing well, looking very good, that you've got one eye on the League Cup final um, on Sunday against Celtic at Hampden. Um, Caroline, I won't ask you if you think that that's excusable because I, I know that you don't. However, is this now going to be an opportunity for the manager? If he was to take any degree of positives out of last night, that he can show this team that when complacency sets in, this is what happens. So therefore, whether it takes 90 or 120 minutes on Sunday, um, this is a chance for us to galvanise. He he has made reference in his post-match comments about doing a a reset of the mindset in terms of what happens. Now, when we lost to Celtic at the beginning of the season, we went on a tremendous run and achieved some brilliant things. How confident are you that based on what's happened last night, firstly, we've got the mental ability to, as the manager suggests, draw a line underneath it, start afresh, etc. And are you confident that we're capable of taking that into Sunday with a bit of grip between our teeth to try and, as I say, make up for for that complacency?
0: Yeah, and first of all, I agree with your point. It's not excusable, the fact that, Potentially, players had one eye on uh, the weekend match because Gerard makes it clear, and, and so do all the players actually, in at press conferences that their only focus is the next game and they're never looking on to anything beyond that. But naturally, When you are 2 0 up, um, I I would assume that the the game plan at some point would have potentially been to freshen things up and and rest key players um, if it had been the case that that we were comfortable later on in the match. So there's no doubt that that would have been playing in the backs of of players' minds, and and that's almost understandable. When it comes to, though, being able to put that behind us and reset and make sure that, that we're in a good place for Sunday, I almost have no doubt that we're capable of doing that. Um, We've shown mentality and that kind of, um, I guess, steeliness on a number of occasions uh, this season. So we're definitely capable of it. Um, I just hope that, that Gerard has enough time um, and I hope that we're fully fit. For me, that's, that's the, the biggest thing. If we've got the full complement uh, available to us, Barisic is a great example, and we do get those key players that we've spoken about before stepping up and leading by example, um, then absolutely, we can do it. We, we Simply, they can't have any lapses
1: in concentration like we saw last night. Adam, I, I prefer Caroline to you, so I'll give you the hard question. Can the fans do that because what you've seen last night uh, has been that kind of you know you've got the immediate reaction with you know you and I are both old enough that we've you know we've lived in a life without social media Um, you can see the reaction but the problem we've got with this particular month of the year is these pictures are coming thick and fast so have we got a mentality as a fan population to say right we just need to draw a line under it we need to move on and not let it take into Sunday. And if Sunday doesn't start well, you know, we can't just, you know, lose our heads. We've got to be able to try and maintain some some level of control to support the team and make sure that we um, we don't throw the baby out with the
2: bathwater. Well, first of all, you're significantly older than me, so I take offence to that. But <laughs> second, um, Yeah, no, I think it's fair. Uh, and to be honest, as... a uh, as disappointing as it was last night, if somebody had held a gun to my head and said, would you rather draw the Aberdeen and then win the, the cup final? I would be choosing winning the cup final 10 times out of 10, possibly 11. So while it is disappointing, well, we want to win every game and it's not excusable, given the context of the game. Over the wider piece, uh, I've said on my show on flagships that for me, the cup final is huge. Uh, successful Rangers teams have always won the cup final, the uh, league cup final. Um, it's a bedrock for success. It sets a marker uh, that we stop that nine trophies in a row. First of all, but more importantly for us and for the success of the team um, and what Gerard is building, it's it's a huge step. It's the biggest hurdle to date. So I think the fans know that. I think the fans will be on side with the, with the team. There's obviously going to be twenty five, thirty thousand of us there cheering the team on. I don't have any concerns about the fans stepping up on the day and providing backing. I think it is a cup final, it is a one-off and we just need to go there and, as Gerard said so many times, just empty the tank. But what I think is key, Cammy, is we don't want to do what we did against Celtic at, at Ibrox. We don't want to allow them to make us play in a way that doesn't suit us. We've seen in the games we've dropped points this year, that game... Hearts away, Aberdeen away, certainly domestically, that we don't quite react well to teams coming and pressing us. So we need to figure that out because if I'm Neil Lennon, I'm probably going to play roughly the same game plan that I did at Ivox, maybe a little bit more on the front foot, given it's a one-off game. But it's up to us to be able to match that. It's up to us not to get sucked in like we did last night. Play our own game, play our own players. Don't worry about what the opposition are doing, but just play our own game. Treat it as a one-off, and as I said, empty the tank. And I think the fans will play a huge part in it.
1: Well, you know, I, I may be significantly older, Adam, but you know, I've not compared myself to Neil Lennon yet. Um, okay. Well, listen. Um, thank you both for your your contribution uh, today. And um, because it's the extra show, I'm afraid I have to ask this question. Um, I would like your predictions for uh, for Sunday's game. So, Caroline, I'll go with you first. And. Um, I'm hoping that you're going to say anything less than six 0 uh, to Rangers is unacceptable. <laughs>
0: um, I'd love to. Um, do you know, I am confident that we'll win. I think it will be very close, and I'll go for a two-one.
1: Adam Lennon.
2: I am going to go for yeah two-one as well. I think yeah, I think that seems uh, the last time we played the League Cup final, we beat them two-one. Um, I think that sounds a bit right to me.
1: OK, grand. Well, I will go for I'll go for two nil. I'll believe that our defence all of a sudden can get back to its kind of usual ways. Um, just before I go, a couple of quick things. If you enjoy what you've heard tonight and you are not a subscriber on our Patreon site, why on earth not? Um, we have got some amazing shows on there. We have daily updates. Um, you've got some fantastic tactical insight from our very own Adam Thornton. It's brilliant. He also does another couple of shows on there. Uh, one in which is called Talking Teds, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we even allow women on the network. Caroline's on there uh, flying the flag <laughs> with her Blue Scarves On pod. Uh, Caroline, it's going from strength to strength.
0: Yeah, yeah, i um, enjoying it. And um, both Marina, who's the other half of Blue Scarves On and I, are enjoying getting involved in other shows as well. So, uh, yeah, glad to be part of the team
1: excellent excellent and you know many of the guys said that having women in the pod wouldn't work but that's because we're an equal opportunities employer here in <laughs> hand. so if you would like to hear more from all of us concerned please go on to patreon.com um, forward slash heart and hand uh, and the last thing for me to do is to thank our executive producers in london mr mike lee and mr paul myers but most importantly to thank my two guests um, who hopefully um, will be getting the battle fever on uh, very very shortly miss caroline morrison
0: yes thanks very much cami
1: And my good friend, Mr. Adam Thornton. Cheers, Cammy. That's all, folks. Have a great weekend. If you're going to the game, if you're going out to watch it, if you're going to a friend's house, get a result for us. You know you want the Rangers to win. Stay safe, and as I say, please make sure that you're getting the battle fever on as soon as the weekend kicks off for you. That's all from us from Heart and Hand for this week. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.
2: That was a Heart and Hand production.